The legend goes like this. A pharmacist in China, Honlik, tries to quit smoking. By some accounts, he's smoking up to three packs a day, so it isn't easy. One night, he falls asleep with a patch on and has a nicotine-fueled nightmare. He's in the ocean and he's about to drown when a wave turns into a giant cloud of vapor. Honlik wakes up and sets out to invent a device that will help him quit smoking. And he goes on to develop the first vape to have mass commercial success. Blueberry, cherry, cranberry, and grit. You want to push it with your tongue, and then you want to suck it back. Do you happen to vape by chance? Yeah. How long have you vaped? About a good six years. Bro, give me my vape. I remember the first time I vaped, I was fucking gone. Vapes are everywhere, but things are about to change. No more bubblegum flavours. No more pink unicorns. No more vapes deliberately disguised as highlighter pens for kids to be able to hide them in their pencil cases. In this series, we're going to look at the forces at play working against the government's attempts to regulate vaping. Oh, I'll keep fighting. I'll fight every tooth and that way I can. They can smell out a loophole and they push it open and make it into a door that they can waltz right through. But before you can understand what this regulation is and what it'll mean, you have to understand what a vape actually is and what vapes do to our health. From The Daily Oz, this is Understanding Vapes. Episode 1, What's in a Vape? Oh, do you have a vape list? Yeah, I do, but I don't have many vapes left. Okay, let me have a look. I'm at a random tobacconist on a Tuesday morning. Which ones do you have? Uh, blackberry, banana, lychee, blue reds, cinnamon, and cantaloupe. Ooh, maybe a cinnamon, please. Yeah. Just one? This one, please, thank you. It's been illegal to buy a nicotine vape in Australia without a prescription for years. But the one I buy doesn't actually say it has nicotine in it. Thanks so much. The only way to know for sure what's in a vape is to get it tested in a lab. Hello. Hi, Nina. Thanks so much for having me. I've actually brought a vape that I was hoping All for right, you to sure. test uh, today. Testing full-on chemical analysis as yes. we normally do. Yes, yeah, I want to know what's in it. Like, is there nicotine in it? Is there anything else we need to be worried about? All right, sure. So first thing we need to do is open the device. The University of Wollongong Lab has these big piles of colourful vapes in an assortment of flavours. And as they break vapes apart, you get wafts of these scents diffusing across the room. I think I can smell it. Yes, that's the cinnamon. Dr. Celine Kelso is doing our analysis for us. Once she extracts the liquid from the vape, she puts it in a machine for testing. So let's put the sample on and then start the analysis. When we have the results, her colleague talks us through what they found. Let's start with the cinnamon. Like, what, what kind of level is that? Yeah, so that's obviously reasonably low concentration. This is Dr. Jody Moller, senior lecturer in the School of Chemistry and Molecular Bioscience. But cinnamaldehyde is banned, so it's not allowed to be there in any concentration. Right. Cinnamaldehyde, the chemical substance that makes up the cinnamon flavour, has been banned from vapes because we have evidence that inhaling it can cause health issues. What else are you noticing from this? Obviously, the really high concentration of nicotine is obviously a standout. So 50 50 milligrams per mil, huge peak. That's the equivalent of consuming the nicotine in about 25 to 50 cigarettes. 
And remember, this vape didn't actually say it has nicotine on the packaging. So people are, you know, if you, they're regularly vaping these, um, they're going to be very likely to develop a dependence on nicotine. Right. The other one I would say is the WS23, which is our other ginormous peak. So the WS23 is our cooling agent. Lots of disposable vapes have some form of cooling agent. This can be added to address the throat irritation that can come from inhaling high quantities of nicotine. But coolants themselves can also cause irritation. In some of our samples recently, we found ethylene glycol, mm. which is the main component in antifreeze, and we found it at reasonably high concentrations. So the highest concentration was about 80 times higher than the concentration that is predicted to cause unbearable respiratory discomfort. And that was in a sample that was taken off a school kid. So we don't know how that school child was even tolerating vaping that particular sample when the concentrations of a hugely irritating compound were that high. Antifreeze is like what used for fridges, air conditioning? Yeah, exactly right. And we know that by oral ingestion, antifreeze is extremely toxic. Right, so we've got the nicotine and the cinnamon flavouring are the ones that would be not allowed, and then yep. we've got that coolant, which you said at that level could be potentially dangerous. Could be absolutely concerning, yeah, that's correct. And then obviously there's the things we can't see here, because here we're only analysing the liquid. Right. We didn't actually generate a vapour and analyse the vapour. Right, so there's potential dangers in the vapour. There's also that that um, coil metal exactly. concern you were telling me about yeah, before. Yeah, that's right. So we also get to see what these things look like inside after they've been used. And what do they look like inside um, So after? what we tend to see is a large amount of scorching on the coil. The coil's a bit of metal wire that works to heat up the liquid in your vape and turn it into vapour. When a disposable vape is brand new, like the one I brought to Wollongong, it's just a piece of clean metal wrapped around some material, which is soaked in the vape juice. But after some time, things can look a bit different. So when we open them up, we get quite a lot of blackening um, on one of the material. If you think about this, it makes sense. Disposable vapes are only supposed to be good for a certain number of puffs. But if you have limited funds, you might try to make it last longer, so you don't have to buy another one. Sometimes we can actually see the coil starting to degrade. Is that dangerous? Uh, absolutely. So we know that there's some heavy metals and some other substances that make up the constitution of these coils, and we don't want to see people inhaling those. It's worth mentioning here that in reusable vapes, this is less of a concern, because people would be replacing their coils more regularly. But the lab in Wollongong concentrates on these disposable vapes because they're the popular ones, especially in Australian schools. The question is, what are these vapes and all the chemicals and potential metals actually doing to young people's health? You may have come across videos like this on TikTok. I am literally chilling in a hospital because I have a vaping-related lung injury. Vaping put me in the hospital. Like, not breathing. <laughs> it's really scary. My heart is a lot smaller than the average 21-year-old, and it's because of vaping. I want to understand how commonly people are being hospitalised for health issues related to vaping in Australia. So we put in freedom of information requests for Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. About and that's just asking the government to release whatever information they have to us. That's correct, yes. Daniel Lasoto is a journalist at The Daily Oz and he often does stories on vaping. In Queensland there's been 79 total hospitalisations over the last four years. So in Victoria there's been 45 total hospitalisations. So that's a bit lower than Queensland? It is a bit lower, yes. And one of the reasons for that was because in one of the years there was an admin error, which is totally out of our hands, mm. and it just resulted in there being no 
actual specific data for vaping hospitalizations in Victoria. Right. Did you hear back from any other states? Yes. So I spoke to New South Wales and they actually don't have any vaping data at all. Right. So they haven't been tracking it. Not at all. So that's not a lot to go on. Although we do know that vape-related hospitalizations are occurring. What we're seeing is that if you have too much nicotine on board suddenly, there are toxic effects. This is Professor Emily Banks, a leading expert in the health impacts of vapes at the Australian National University. And I wanted to ask her about someone we spoke to who told us they had a seizure after vaping. There's a continuum, so people can just feel nauseous, they can vomit. And then there are effects where people lose consciousness. And then having a seizure can be part of losing consciousness. So it's, it's part of that overall picture of just too much nicotine too quickly. We heard from a 30-year-old who was vaping and then was hospitalised and was found to have a 3.2 millimetre puncture in his lung and was Mm. then diagnosed with pneumothorax. Can you tell me a bit about that and how that's presenting in the research? We have heard reports of people who have been vaping and then have developed a spontaneous pneumothorax. So sometimes you can get it if you've actually been stabbed or something, that's a traumatic pneumothorax, but a spontaneous pneumothorax where you suddenly get a a burst of that bubble in your lung and then you get air going into the lining of of your lung. But it's not just these hospitalizations that Emily's concerned about. So if you look at people who who are really addicted to nicotine, they will only feel normal when they've had a vape. And after that, they'll start to go into a kind of withdrawal. And because nicotine gets excreted from the body quite quickly, People can go through that quite rapidly. So they might be having difficulty sitting through a lesson without having a vape, having difficulty sitting through a meal with their friends or family. And there are people with a vape under their pillow vaping in the middle of the night because they have that urge. When I talk to young people about what they want in their lives, most will say that they want an independent future that they determine. And I think that addiction can really undermine that independence. I mean, it essentially is dependence. If you cast your mind into the future, an 18-year-old who's who's vaping now, what concerns do you have about their health 40, 50 years into the future? It could be that they'd be fine, or it could be that they would have, for example, long-term lung disease caused by inflammation. They would definitely have the issues related to nicotine addiction. And then I would also be concerned for their cardiovascular health. So we know that nicotine increases your blood pressure and increases your heart rate. So that's one area where we're concerned about nicotine effects. The other thing where we're concerned about nicotine effects is reproductive health. So if that was an 18-year-old woman who was going to have children, then you would also be concerned about what would happen while she was pregnant and what would happen to the baby. That there could also be health consequences from vaping we don't even know about yet. There's a lot of unknowns. And I think we have to be really clear that not knowing about something is a risk in itself. Cigarettes as we now know them were first mass-produced in the 1800s. It was a hundred-odd years later that researchers began investigating the connection between cigarettes and lung cancer. Vapes as we know them have only been on the market around 16 years. At the end of the day, what is worse for your health, a cigarette or a vape? I have to say smoking is so unbelievably harmful. There are very few other exposures that are as harmful as smoking. It's so dangerous. You know, up to two thirds of all people who are long-term smokers will die from their habit if they don't quit. So if someone held a gun to your head and said, right, your choice is to either smoke or to vape, 
then probably vaping is better. But I would say that the safest thing is to avoid smoking and to avoid e-cigarette use. I started off this episode wanting to know what's in a vape and what vapes are doing to our health. But I've ended up with more questions than when I started. If cigarettes are so bad, why is the government focusing on cracking down on vapes? And if the sale of disposable nicotine vapes is illegal, how come they're so readily available? Next episode, I'm going to find out. So industry, they can smell out a loophole and they push it open and make it into a door that they can waltz right through. So they're deliberately trying to manipulate the market to get these into Australia. Are you expecting a fight on these regulations? Yeah, we always prepare for a fight. Oh, I'll keep fighting. I'll fight every tooth and no way I can. I'm Nina Copel. I wrote and edited this podcast. Billy Fitzsimons was our executive producer. Lucy Tassel was our fact checker. And Joe Kiley produced this series not just for audio, but also the video version of this series that we're doing as well. Yes, it's been intense. We've travelled across the country. We've been into Parliament House. We've spoken to vapors, And we forced the one person in the office who vapes to continuously blow smoke in front of the camera for B-roll. There's lots of vaping into lenses. It's been such a journey and I've learned so much. And I really want to get this into the ears of as many young Australians as possible. So if you've made it this far and you're enjoying what you're listening to, do us a favour, share it on Instagram, put it in your stories. It's two buttons. Exactly. And I can't wait for you to hear episode two and three. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Ready? And this is the Daily Oz. This is the Daily Oz. This is the Daily Oz. Oh, now it makes sense.